on dispensers of pets, poking out at the cons, renaissance fests, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as that uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary, and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboys! This is a Fanboy Planet podcast, all the and here's your host, a man known for blocking the aisle, Derek McGough! It's true. It is. Uh, and no usher can stop Shameless. me. Absolutely. I am so rude. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting on Wednesday, August 18th, from Elusive Comics and Games 2725 El Camino Real Suite 104, Santa Clara, California, where I think you can get comics. We'll, uh, yeah, so that's me. Of course, uh, right next to me is our my fabulous, mellifluous announcer. I don't know what that means. Um, it's Latino. What's fabulous? No. no you okay. are. You are fabulous. Oh, Look stop at you. it. Um, this is Lon Fabu Lopez. Yabble dabble, and uh, <laughs> wait, that character was gay. <laughs> Kenny Corner from Lawn. Next, you're gonna tell our, me Snagglepuss was gay too. I might. Lighting designer, uh, Family Planet lighting designer, and archivist Stephanie Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Don't Very we call good. her Cub Reporter too? Oh, Isn't Cub Reporter because uh, I am. Well, I you got a promotion. Yeah, she did well, write articles for the site. She is, and, and there's and there's a percent increase in salary. And I believe there's at least one more article coming from Comic Con from from Stephanie there. Is so, it? <laughs> well, I, I know you attended at least one other panel. Uh, so uh, anyway, there we go. And uh, then, last but certainly not least, podcast producer, waning Rick Brett Snyder, Moral Compass, waning Moral Compass, waiting for my cue. Go ahead, yeah, bobbing and timing. Go ahead. Yeah, go. Yeah, I said it. What did you? Rick Brett I missed it. You know. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we got you some guys regular Martin and Lewis over here. All right. <laughs> Jimmy Martin and okay. Uh, Lewis. And so uh, we got some comic news. We got some movie news. Uh, some TV news. And I think I got all of it written down on our little itinerary. And so let's go to some comics. Marvel's got an event coming. Huh? We don't talk enough okay. about Marvel. We really don't, you know. And so they've got this. Uh, so if uh, you had an event uh, in which um, you had some characters. Wait, wait, can I guess? Okay, go ahead. What's the plot? Go ahead. Give <laughs> Christmas? Well, let's think, right? Because, like, they always, like, borrow from each other, right? So, right, like, right. So, like, DC... So, during Blackest Night, we had... Well, no, dear, like, DC did Blackest Night, which was basically Marvel Zombies, right? Uh, actually, Not Marvel really. did uh, the Zombies thing. You know, they did the... Marvel did Zombies, did zombies. and then DC did Blackest Night. DC did Gorillas, and then Marvel did Biggest Monkey or something. And then, uh, they uh, did Marvel Ape. Marvel Ape. Marvel Ape. Uh, and then it was also when... Watchmen the- did the Hero Registration Act, and, and then uh, Marvel did Civil War. And then... Uh, so I'm guessing... And DC did Identity Crisis, and Marvel did Identity Disc. Same thing, though? No, 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 no it wasn't. Oh, okay. but, it was, but it was a silly, silly titling, Identity Got Disc. It. Why the Antichrist was going on? No, so right now, uh, well, Marvel's got the heroic age, and and DC's got 
Brightest Day, and there is a difference in their in their plotting. In that, in uh, Brightest Day, heroes uh, and villains that had been dead have been brought back to life, not as zombies, but they have been restored fully to life, and they're trying to find their place uh, in a new order. Well, and that can happen in Marvel. Because nobody dies in Marvel. Uh, well, no. Apparently, you know, Ares was just ripped in half by the Sentry, and uh, he's coming back in a little thing called Chaos War, in which uh, several heroes and villains. It does sound derivative. It always happens in Thor, though. They go Wait, to hell and but, the rest yeah, and they, yeah, yeah. He was a god, though, wasn't but, he? But uh, yeah, that's yeah. true too. And Alpha Flight is also returning. There, and but they there's a, a bunch of chaos. Why yeah, won't Alpha Flight characters. stay dead? I don't because there was one good series of Alpha Flight. And people have been trying to kill them for years, and yeah. they just, it won't stick. Yeah. There's too many com- Canadian Marvel readers, apparently, so. That could be. I, I don't, I don't know. know. I, I, I don't know. I think it's one of those that, one of the things with, with characters and titles that you wonder, like, why are they, they reviving again because it, it has a sold well, is to keep the trademark, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, because. Why don't they just do like something cool like DC do, does and just do like their kids or something? You know what I mean? Or like new, you know, next Alpha Flight. It's you know, the new version. Alpha Aren't there Flight, in, the next generation. Yeah, or something. I mean, Beta Flight. Beta Flight. Well, yeah, well there, there, other, beta there, were there were other flights. flights yeah. yeah, Omega yeah. Flight, Beta Flight, right. Alpha Beta Flight. Oh, um, I remember Alpha Beta. That was a good grocery store. Yeah. Anyways. What was their catchphrase? I forget. It was like, "Here's to you" or something. It was like. <laughs> Alpha Beta, shopping good or something. I mean, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> How sweet it is, wasn't no, it? No, because it had that Alan, the, the <laughs> Alan Amel, Susan Suzanne Summers' husband, right? And Alan he always Hamill, had yeah. like fudge. What was it? Uh, well, frozen good. Well, we thank you for that little. Okay. <laughs> if there's anybody in the Bay Area that knew Alpha, what is it? Alpha, Alpha Beta. Beta. Alpha Beta Market. What was Alpha Beta commercials? What was their? Uh, That's the like the, I don't know that, that was. What like, was their catchphrase? If you that know was, that, write into editor contest at fanboy planet. That is like the saddest thing in, in in my in my my neighborhood. Did growing. we skip all the other stuff? No, we haven't yet. Oh, no. Okay, good. Um, we in growing up, there, the Alpha Beta closed like what twenty years ago? Yeah, and nothing has ever moved into that storefront in this huge strip mall in my old That's neighborhood sad. it is sad as yeah, it I, get, I get that kind of feeling with old empty buildings too yeah look yeah. at Mervyn's nothing's moving oh in man yet. oh it's oh. really good when you go you see the parking lot and it's cracked and there's weeds growing up in the parking lot and we could film our own little post-apocalyptic drama there I think we go. need uh, John Cougar Mellencamp to come to our town and write a song about it to get it back in shape or something what <laughs> would that sound like Juan I don't know let's take a listen right now all right. Was that well, bit funny that last week? No, it wasn't funny <laughs> last week either. <laughs> it might be if you try it a second week. We'll see. Maybe this time it will. Um, uh, the other thing Marvel uh, is kind of, well, has been doing the one moment in time, Spider-Man coming back, uh, retelling what really happened when Mephisto stole their marriage away. Did you read any of it yet? No. Yet, no. I, I mean, I read, I read a lot of the uh, one... one one last day or whatever it was, a uh, uh, brand new day. I think it was uh, one more time. Uh, no, the, one I read, more time. I read a bunch of it since their marriage was made right. was annulled. Right, um, but I haven't, <laughs> annulled. I haven't read the latest. Uh, the bit when the of, when the avatar of <laughs> Satan comes in, do the Catholics call that an annulling yeah, the marriage? So. I think so. Uh, it says it never happened. Yeah. Well, all right. Isn't there another one like a disillusionment or something like that? Or? For weddings, those <laughs> disillusionment—that just happens. That's in marriage. Uh, uh, dissol- uh, dissolving. I just heard somebody you, dissolution. Like, 
dissolution? Is that what it is? Where yeah. you can just, it's not an annulment, but you can just make it like you never were married. That uh, happens when you drink too much in Vegas. A friend of mine just had, like, apparently we're, just, they yeah. had it done. Can we talk comics? I feel like we really, we keep <laughs> going over Sorry. these interesting social issues. Like, no, what's interesting? Alpha, beta, and, and what yeah. do you do when you dissolve a marriage? Um, but right. it, But one moment in time is telling what really happened. And I, I read this out of order. I picked up the issue that was in that was on the stands today, mm-hmm. and realized it was retelling things post Civil War, and that made no sense to me. So I, I had to go back, and I saw that you know they they finally explain what happened, why they didn't get married, and it's not a good explanation. No, it's just lame. It's just like flailing around, like trying to solve the Clone Wars saga. Who wrote it? Uh, Joe Casada. Sorry, um, okay. I know, I know, it hurts. It yeah. hurts. Uh, you know, and uh, a lot of a lot of different artists working. Which uh, that's happening when you're trying to rush events through. I noticed today, Brightest Day as well came out, and uh, Jeff Johns has finally gotten a co-writer on Peter Tomasi, uh, Peter J. Tomasi, who he has worked with on a lot of mm-hmm. projects before, is now co-writing uh, Brightest Day with Jeff Johns. But I mean, it has four pencilers on that book, trying to keep up the pace of that. And that's I, I guess that's the downside of these events is like. You know, in order to satisfy the readers, if it, or or to charge the readers what they want to charge by doing a biweekly book, it's like no one creator can keep up the pace of what of what either we are demanding as readers or what uh, editorial is demanding they need to push upon us. I don't know, but uh, I was not very satisfied with one more day, or um, sorry, one moment in time. Brightest Day actually, though, is getting good after my complaints about it being very scattered. It's finally seeming to find its focus. I'm enjoying that book. And Justice League Generation Lost, which Judd Winnick just took over full-time. Uh, Keith Givens not working on that anymore either. So I'm not going to read Brightest Day until Troy uh, Benson gives me his approval. So. Okay, well, we'll wait for that. That may take Troy. a while. Yeah. Uh, breaking news this afternoon is that uh, in the back of uh, the latest Buffy one-shot from Dark Horse, they mentioned that in 2009, they're going to be publishing, 2011, they're going to be publishing uh, Angel. an Angel book, which came as news to IDW. So we have nothing really on that story other than Wow. <laughs> should, should, just start, <laughs> should just start off with Dear IDW. Um, <laughs> in 2011. <laughs> I, we're sorry. We're going. Uh, I know we screwed up the last time by well, making. tell them? By, making, by, by letting them. Angel be in our Buffy book. We yeah. know we kind of screwed that up and we didn't handle that well. Well, guess what? We didn't <laughs> handle it well again. Um, or maybe there'll be two different companies publishing Angel books. Wouldn't that be exciting? Why no. can't you? Why not? Just do it. I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't have a good explanation. Dead property, anyway. Ouch! Dead what? An undead property. Uh, it's just like. Did you notice, Rick, that uh, a few weeks ago uh, DC published a Doc Savage trade paperback that was all the Marvel issues? Yes, that was very amusing. <laughs> and very subtly, uh, <laughs> wrote out all the references right. to Marvel, <laughs> the, 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 including the cover, which re- is reproduced, and you don't have. The, you have part of the banner in that old Marvel style, and, yes, but not the logo. Yes, yeah. I, I, that was intriguing. So. Did we forget that? Oh, my gosh, we did. Thank you, Lon. Lon has pointed out to me that we got fan mail this week. And I should have taken that up right up top. And you've got that letter ready, don't you? I do. Okay. Here you go. Uh, you can do the dramatic reading. Can I? Because I, I don't know. I suspect that Bill Bossert might have a tone more like yours. But anyway, first of all, clearly, though he's a listener, he doesn't know us well because he calls us gentlemen. Gentlemen. And Stephanie. Well, I, was Stephanie there when we when we laid out the the contest? I don't know. I don't remember. Okay, <laughs> probably. Just a few suggestions for the name the audience contest: Sons of Zorlak, Zuns of Zorlak, 
Sons of Zorlac. Well, you get the idea. Sons of Sandpaper, which I kind of like. Although we, you know, you just don't know how many there are. Right. And so that next suggestion was three, which by the amount of emails you receive seems to be the amount of listeners you have. Zing. Or really, come on. Uh, Bazinga. Uh, Macaws Marauders. Brett Schneider's Bastion of Bastards, which actually is my favorite. Uh, Lawn's Losers. Uh, uh, Though I appreciate the comic book reference there, I'm not so sure I want to refer to our listeners as losers. (laughs) Um, Yeah, those last three are kind of lame, so he agreed with me. Uh, Derek, all kidding aside, I really enjoy your podcast. Even though I'm not the biggest comic fanboy, I do enjoy your coverage of geek movies and TV. So I feel that we have uh, achieved what we want, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of the cross-pollination there. I have a question for you. Do you think we will suffer some Marvel movie burnout next year? You have three Marvel properties premiering in close order next summer. Do you think it might be too much for the fanboy market to bear? And what if Thor and Cap tank? How nervous would that make Marvel with the Avengers? It'll be interesting to see how that would play out. Again, thanks for the great podcast. Looking forward to next week's. Warmest regards, Bill Bossert from Milford, Connecticut. So we have at least one listener in Connecticut. Connecticut. So if we... Uh, I want to continue, of course, that uh, we're still accepting donations to send the Fanboy Planet podcast to see Spider-Man turn off the dark. Yeah. I believe Connecticut, Connecticut is not far from New York. New York City. We have a place to stay. So, yeah. so uh, Bill, we're going to go. I've got a tent. All we need we're is gonna, a couple of yards just, of Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, you could do that. I'd like to sleep on a couch. That's, uh, that's okay. I could Bring an inflatable couch. All right. Uh, so... Uh, I want to get back to the questions. We'll get to movies in just a, in just a, a, a little bit, but it's a good question from uh, from Bill about Marvel movie burnout. And Did I realize Marvel movie or comic movie? No, Marvel movie burnout uh, specifically. Because. Now we'll jump ahead because you get Thor. Now it's not from the same studio, but X Men First Class will be in June, and then Cap- the First Avenger Captain America will be in. July and yes, Green Lantern will also be in June, which I wrote back to him and pointed out as well. Uh, so uh, that is an awful lot. So and we're also getting cartoons and stuff from them throughout the year, right? I mean, well, the Avengers uh, cartoon animated series yeah. starts on Disney XD in September. Ultimate Spider-Man, I think, is coming in but November. The theatrical releases are much closer tracked as far as how much money yeah. they're making and whether or not this. Yeah, I don't think on. that the cartoons are going to be that big a deal. I think. You know, kids will watch those. We'll watch those. That's yeah. not a problem. It's the so. What's the actual question? Are we going to get too much Marvel movie burnout because just the two movies come well, that's, out? That's his question. I think we've got is is the superhero genre, which has been a recurring question. Question is the superhero yeah. genre going to burn out because there's been too many of them? Do people just not want to see? Well, we'll anymore? jump forward to movies then because this conversation's happening. We'll go back to the yeah. other comics topics, but that is a good question. Um, I mean, on a weekend where we all came out of came out of Comic Con convinced that everybody in the world loved Scott Pilgrim versus the world, and it turns out no, that the world um, beat him very badly, uh, fifth place in its opening weekend, and so you know. But on the same token, a week earlier, Kick Ass set records for DVD sales. Did it really? Best selling Lionsgate wow. release they've ever. You know, it's like a million and a half copies. That's just, that's a shame because where were those people? When the thing was in theater, you know, what I think it is. Is that just people don't, you know, unless it's like an event movie or something, just don't go, and then they wait for it on DVD. If they if they haven't heard of it, maybe or, uh, I don't know. I mean, I've been hearing marketing has got to be a pain. I mean, well, it's just, uh, there there was such a strong campaign for Scott Pilgrim. It's hard to think that this thing's going to make anything up in a word of mouth. 
that people are already. But heard I mean, about everybody it. I've talked to has loved it. So well, I mean, and, and here's my question, though: there was a strong campaign in Scott Pilgrim that you and I, and by that I mean all four of us, we were aware. Was there a lot of television? I yeah, don't know. There was. There was a fair I amount. Of, I, I think I saw maybe. one commercial. Yeah, maybe. I didn't see. But you know what? The other thing too is, and I've been hearing a lot about this kind of through the interwebs, but. Apparently, there's like a Michael Sarah backlash with like kind of the kids. And I'm going to say, demo, well, it's like I, weird because I'm going to say something though. I would agree with if I'm interpreting your review correctly. I thought that this is the best performance Michael Sarah has given because it, precisely because Scott Pilgrim is not likable. Right, right. He and maybe that's the problem too. But I, I liked that that this is a character who's very self-absorbed. It's about his learning not to be that self-absorbed. Yeah, it's a redemption movie and um, coming of age more. You know, and he kind of and a Bildungsroman. Uh, he's kind of a, a a jerk. And yeah, and, <coughs> and but I just think overall, I think maybe the odd the kid audience or the audience that age is just t- you know what I mean it gets a certain backlash where you know the same actors in every movie coming out and which mm-hmm. I don't really see plus the confusion with that guy Jesse Eisenberg who was in Zombieland who is just like a slightly older Michael Sarah and not yeah. nearly as funny but uh, there are a lot of people honestly cannot tell those two apart really and so it seems like Michael Sarah has been in twice as many movies than he actually has because there <coughs> people think he's the same guy wasn't that the case back in the the Brat Pack days, so those kids were in every movie that for several years. But there were a lot more of them. Hmm. Well, wasn't, wasn't like <laughs> Kurt Russell in every Disney movie? I mean, as a kid, I mean, yeah, he was. Yeah, I'm and just saying, it's like I don't know. I mean, I just think that there's just so many jaded kids out there, and they, just, they I don't know, can't appreciate. They're all a looking good. for something to rebel against. Well, Might as well be Michael. Well, maybe Sarah. within the word of mouth, and I think on video that'll do fine. So that's Scott Pilgrim. That's and we've had a you know, it's been a. Not a great year for that for comic book adaptations. When you had the Losers, Jonah Hex, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, Kick Ass, so there's a reputation kind of lowering it down. Except next summer, you know, say Warner has already committed to three Green Lantern movies. But I, I'd point out out of that whole group, the I mean, wasn't in that group, but Iron Man was uh, Iron Man two, yeah, was much more successful. Than Although I am also hearing a lot of backlash on that now, people uh, complaining exactly what i said about it which is it's a commercial for the next movies yeah so much of iron man 2 was about thor it's being set up yeah and uh so so much of it is about a, a little bit there was a fair amount and actually that's a compl- a tiny that's bit. actually a complaint that john favreau made hmm. uh really? because he, he directed it yes but he said that kevin feige came on and like and and insisted on certain things happening since they half improvised you know and and things were going you know, he both said that they were they rushed into production, and well, that, that we knew, and yeah. that there was a lot of stuff being put in that was. He wanted to tell a story about Iron Man, and they and Marvel Studios said we want to tell a story about the Avengers, and so, you know, there's that. I mean, That's I did hard feel to like do without. I've been, I mean, truthfully, I felt like every time that Nick Fury walked on, Nick Fury was talking about Thor. He was setting up things. There's yeah. stuff going on in the Southwest and blah, blah, blah. You know, so. And then Will and then Thor. Why was Scarlet Witch there? I know, pardon me. Uh, Scar- uh, Scarlet, Scarlet Witch was there. I didn't even yeah. notice it. Yeah, why was uh, the Black uh, Widow there at all? You know, the, the, the Scarlet Johansson. To give him donuts. Didn't yeah. she bring in donuts? Yeah, she did bring, she did bring in donuts. donuts yeah. Yes. Anyways, uh, I you know what, though? I think next summer will be okay. Uh, Thor, I'm not excited about, but. It's two two of Marvel's big names, you know what I mean. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Iron Man was kind of the second tier character, and nobody thought he was going to perform, and he did great. Yeah. 
So now there's kind of that momentum. Everybody knows who Captain America is. You know, I would I would almost make the case that Iron Man succeeded on Robert Downey Jr. Oh, of course, no, but I'm just saying rather though that the, rather than the superior. But character. I think they're gonna they 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 have better odds with them. I think. With the two properties. From character recognition yeah. uh-huh. and an actor. A lot of people no, know who yeah. Thor is. A lot of people know who Captain America is. So I think they'll do okay if the movies aren't god-awful. You know and, I mean? and, and the other thing about, as far as box office goes, they're spread far enough apart. You, We are long past the days, with the, with the possible exception when James Cameron makes a movie every 15 years, or, or 12 years, uh, that um, Thor opens in early May. Please tell me Cap is opening around 4th of July weekend. Yeah, I believe it is 4th of okay. July weekend. And so uh, Thor opens in early May, and it really only needs to carry two weeks to be considered a hit. Mm. It doesn't even need to carry two it weeks. It just has to have a good opening it weekend. It just has to have a good opening weekend. Inception's uh-huh. the same thing. Inception lasted three weeks at number one, and that is considered amazingly Amazing. yeah. amazingly good. So it, it's like and they're far enough apart, even that with Green Lantern. That never happens anymore, though. I think that... Uh, Thor is the beginning of May. Green Lantern is the beginning of June. Uh, X Men is uh, first class is mid to late June, like J- I think June twentieth, and then uh, and then Captain America's first weekend of July. And so then Eat Pray Love Two is August. Oh, 1st, I'm so looking so. forward to that. And so it's, all, it's called Eat Pray Love Harder as the sequel. That's what I heard. Oh so, wow! You know. Did you enjoy that? Um, yeah, I don't know. Right. It was a I, little too much. Uh, James Franco, a little hang- You don't like the praying. I like the loving. You though. do like the loving. Yeah. Uh, isn't the name of your first film? Yes. Loving that is correct. Yes. Lovin. Ah, Lovin. No G. I'm sorry. No yes, I'm not down with that. Anyway, so I mean, I, I think that it is. They only have to really make a strong impact on the first weekend to be considered a hit. I mean, mm-hmm. to that extent, the Ang Lee Hulk is considered a hit, even though nobody likes it now. It didn't lose money, so I think it's going to be For the okay. record, I didn't like it then. So I just no, I didn't like it either, but, you know, it's... So I think that's... Uh, I do kind of like the fact that they're going to be set up to be telling this continuous story, though. It's not quite like Lord of the Rings where you actually dropped off the plot line and you didn't get a, you didn't get a finish to the story, but in this case, they're all in the same universe. This just in, the Avengers will be fighting a giant spider. Oh, really? No. Hey, a mechanical spider? Don't tell Goodson. No, no. Don't tell Goodson. Shh. <laughs> don't worry. We're long past the point he stopped listening. <laughs> so, uh, go ahead. Uh, so, should we get back to, to uh, comics? comics? Or do we want to comment on Bill's? Uh, are there any um, things you like on, on Bill's uh, list? I have to say, good try, Bill, but nothing. I don't... I th- you know what I think it is? They're too long of... Uh, things because you want to have kind of a short answer you know like you don't want bastion of bastards he wants something like hobo kind of yeah you want like a singular kind of thing you know what i mean like a instead of like sons of this nerds male you know what i mean I like i don't like nerds no i don't want to call them nerds like i've actually got i think the winner in my head but i don't want to announce it in You're case right, somebody yeah, comes right, in with it. something topper okay. i'll tell you guys off air but you know what it is your contest i'm gonna let you be the final final all arbiter right. on this all right you okay. got a couple more weeks name the fanboy planet audience Yes. Uh, right into, what is it? Editor? At, at fanboyplanet.com or sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com. We got lots of cool prizes for the winner. We do. We so. do. Uh, so I wanted to say goodbye to a book this week, uh, Ex Machina. Uh, goodbye, by, old friend. By uh, Brian K. Vaughn. So it's actually the same guy who wrote Why the Last Man. Um, I don't know. Why? No, no, that's... Mm. Oh, right. I never read that. Uh, have you been keeping up with Ex Machina? 
No, I've Rick, been reading the trades very it, yeah, slowly. Is that another mutant book? No, no it's not. Oh. It's a really good, and, and I realize it because I just uh, bought the first trade, and I'm, it's kind of my a project to slowly work my way through keeping those and uh, having my you. own copy. No, I just as I can afford them, I'm buying them and yeah. pick them up, and, and because I know this is a series worth keeping. And uh, Lon, really, you've never read Ex Machina? I was just making a mutant joke. X. Get it? Oh, oh uh, yes. It's now about the I mutant do. machine. Now I do. The great machine. Mm. Yes. Uh, political drama. Um, it's really about the guy who could like talk to machines, right? Yes, and then he runs for it's mayor. It's kind of like a Dr. Doolittle of like the toaster and stuff, right? Right, and he becomes... Exactly. Toast. That's it. And he becomes uh, the mayor of New York City, and from the beginning does say, this is the chronicle of my four years in office, that he's... It, he knew it was a limited, although the series things lasted more than four years, but... Um, but yeah, and definitely uh, a forum for Brian K. Vaughan to talk about how complicated political hot-button issues really are. I thought um, you couldn't characterize it as liberal or conservative. It was just, let's have a dialogue. Here's mm-hmm. what I think out there. And kind of using the superhero trope to sort of have a discussion. But the superheroism isn't really that important it's not the to focus. it. Yeah. What was his, you might have just said it, but what was his alter ego? The Great Machine. Great Machine, okay. Yeah, and then he unmasked Almost himself. Almost a rocketeer-like character. Yeah, yeah. He had, like, w- like wings, right? Like yeah, he had wings and then yeah. a little jet pack, and then, um, and then yeah, he could talk to machines. Machines would obey his Talk commands. to the machines. Wasn't that like the... Okay, talk wow. To that, I don't know, I just somehow... Talk to the analogs. Yeah, I, I, um, I just flash back to not... Dr. Little, but one of Eddie Murphy's uh, solo soul albums. Right. Right. So, um, Produced by Rick James. Yeah. So Ex Machina does actually end the story the way it's supposed to be. It's not being canceled or anything. No, it's, it's, a, it's ended it's where it's supposed coming. to go. He runs it's, out of yeah. batteries. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. It's like Billy Blastoff. Spoiler He's all, That's certainly what it was, a reboot of the Billy Blastoff character. Yeah. Um, so I want to say farewell to that, as well as a, a, a book that Vertigo published that was cut short was Air. Have you, did you ever read Air? No, I did not. Uh, interesting about kind I'm of looking at it right now about like airline wars and uh, it's hard to describe. Oh, I heard about that book. The probably the most unique thing about it is that the writer is a Muslim woman and who just wrote. Um, oh, I can't minute. think of her memoir. Something about butterflies, and she's turned into a woman show, and she's lecturing around. Uh, what's her name? G. Willow. Butterflies something. and hummus. No, that um, wasn't it. Uh, she was an American. She converted. And oh. so... Um, Butterflies and hot dogs? I think we're going to stop asking oh, okay. you questions. Oh, okay. um, I'll let you know when we want to... Wait, this book, Air, I just heard about this in the news. This is about the flight attendant who got all pissy and then pulled the thing and jumped off, right? No. Oh, that was JetBlue. That, was, that oh, really happened. That, that really happened. Oh, that was a real story? Uh, Isn't that sad? That, Slow news week again. It's um, the guy who says he... he he, his Pissy head, gay flight attendant had got, a snit and right. jumped off the airplane. So he, one of the one of the overheads hit him in the head, and now he's claiming that he had uh, brain damage. Oh yeah. yeah, okay, um, yeah, yeah. That one is like that's, so that's not like, in the air book. No, no, it's like really could have been one of the story arcs, though. I think it right? could have. Well, certainly worth a sketch or two on Saturday Night Live. Mm. Uh, and so, a book that sort of has a revival this week from Scholastic, uh, and it was it was out at Comic Con, or at least Jeff Smith had it. I don't know if it was in stores yet. Bone Tall Tales. Mm-hmm. So by Jeff Smith and Tom Snagoski, who had uh, worked with Jeff Smith on Stupid Stupid Rat Tales, which had been a published prequel, I think two-issue um, miniseries prequel to Bone at the time. Uh, and 
Uh, so I got it this week from Scholastic, and I, I thought it was really worth mentioning because it's very fun. You don't really need to have read Bone, and I think a lot of because uh, my son picked it up and said, "Oh, I want to read Bone." And I said, yeah, and I, "I had to reread it to make sure because I think by the time Bone ended, it's like the Harry Potter series. It starts off at a level where it's kind of an all ages book, and then it just got kind of darker. It never got as dark as Harry Potter, but it assumed that the readers kind of aged along with it mm-hmm. and could get more sophisticated as the storytelling did." And now, once it's all done, it's kind of hard to to judge that when it's like Harry Potter. You know, when you had to wait two years between novels, that that made some sense. Now it's everybody can pick it up wholesale, so it's kind of hard to see how that goes. But Bone Tall Tales was a lot of fun and had a lot more new material in it than I thought it would. I knew it was a reprint of Stupid, Stupid Rat Tales, but he's got a framing device of Smiley Bone taking out the Bone Scouts on a camping trip, an overnight camp trip with uh, Bartleby, the... Uh, rat creature, the talking rat creature that had adopted Smiley Bone. And uh, they tell tall, stor- tall tales about the the early days of of Big Johnson Bone. Which I wish that wasn't the name of the wow. character, but that's it. <laughs> but, you know, but when you're talking about characters called Bone in the first place, people have to snicker. So I, I feel like I'm channeling Lon. No, I, don't. I, Just stop I, it. Just I, stop it, Moral I Compass. Friend, I have a friend, Leon, who's a big fan of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Leon Redbone. Turn in your headphones, sir. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you and I are the only people that got that one, yeah. go away. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, I'm recommending that. And then they included a uh, the first chapter of the new uh, prose trilogy that, that Tom Snagoski is writing, which Jeff Jeff uh, Smith will be providing spot illustrations for. Uh, and it's interesting because even though Grandma Ben and Thorn are in it. And there are bones in it. It's not bone, phony bone, and smiley bone. So it's a new trio of bone characters, a little more in the Uncle Scrooge vein. So okay. an older an older bone character and then two kids. Uh, so no real explanation. And I don't know. I kind of want to know, and maybe there will be. That's because you're, you're a modern comic fan. You don't, I want to you know, know what happened to the guys I liked. I Mr. Know. Morrison would advise you to let go. I know. That was exactly what I felt when I read that chapter, and I went, well, what happened to the... I must not ask this question. It doesn't exactly. matter. It doesn't matter. Right. It's a comic. Enjoy it. I, I, okay. <laughs> Damn. You had to pull it's the Grant a, Morrison card on me. crisis. Well, if Grant Morrison said so, I guess. Okay. Um, and now let's get to something serious. Uh, actually, we mentioned this news thing event happened in July, right, Lon? About the family that was about to be was just a couple weeks ago right? i think it hit the mainstream media but uh, I, I i read it somebody sent me the link on facebook i think sam park the editor of beta lugosi's tales from the grave uh an excellent book i've been looking at it for a long time. what I, I, I just spent like two and a half minutes this morning watching uh, the art go by my face. watching the art go I, that's a nice trailer actually yeah, there's uh, especially around one minute and 56 seconds in uh, the when it just says Derek McCaw and Rafael Navarro, <laughs> I love go. that. It's like, like we matter. Uh, well, Rafael does, but like I mattered. It was nice. Um, but I think Sam posted the link. Uh, I saw it on Facebook first, uh, and I mentioned it. And and Carr told me that he had heard about it a couple weeks before that. So there's a family in uh, Lon. Were they in New Orleans? Um, you know, honestly, I don't. It's been so long since I've read the original story. I don't. Okay, I just remember the main. Basically, point a family that was about to be evicted. They were gonna. They couldn't pay their mortgage. They were about to lose their house, and they were starting to pack up, uh, pack every, pack all their belongings. They went down in the basement, and in the basement, and this is the kind of thing you always fantasize would happen. 
they found a copy of Action Comics number one, an original copy. Now, not a mint copy, but enough to sell for $250,000 and therefore pay off their mortgage and save their house and not have to move. It's like the end of a bad movie. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we found, you know. The, yeah, well, it's actually, I think it's like a lot of goonies. comic book villains. Yeah, no, really, and, and the, the headlines were, Superman Look saves family. Look my bag. Yeah. Superman saves real life family. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that it, it's out there and now there's another, you know, it's not a, like I said, it, I think it's only like a good, they, they, they rated it good, but it was enough to, to go yeah. because, you know, the other thing, and I meant to talk about this a couple weeks ago, if not last week, that what I'm hearing is that in all the investments that are going on, like obviously the real real estate has not recovered in this country. We're still in the midst of, can we say recession? I can't remember if we're allowed to say that. Say it. Um, we're still in the midst they're of trying that. To de- they're trying to determine we're, if we're in a double dip recession right now. Does Which that mean like I we like got, double dip. I know. Does that mean like we got two flavors of ice cream? Exactly. With, okay. Yeah. But the one thing that is still, and I don't know how this happened. The, the thing that is actually a good investment right now is what um, Judd Myers, who run, who is one of Cars Partners in Earth Two, said: blue chip comics, basically the high end comics. Uh, Interesting. Are still are those prices just going up and up? And they're the investment that's still going higher and higher. We should come up with a line of comics called Blue Chip Comics. I don't think that's going to fool anybody. You don't think so? No. Not the in people the, who come into this store not looking in this market. for a hot Obama comic aren't going to go, those are them Blue, blue Chip Comics. Well, I'm going to say I'm gonna say right now, you know, I think there are more copies of Action Comics, number one, in circulation than there are Tony Loco. So if you really want a good investment, oh, yeah. Tony Loco, number one, and Tony Loco, number two. American Hero. Yes, uh, Great American Hero uh, numbers one, two, and three. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So you know, and then what about uh, what was that other crappy one you worked on? I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. What? I can't remember the that. Lon Lopez story. No, no, that one's still in production. <laughs> that one's a winner. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's just interesting that that's happened as an investment. But uh, but along with that, Lon's found two serious real world stories. And this week, um, well, I just wanted to say how like. On that comment on that, how when you know people talk about uh, comics not being good for you know kids or reading or whatever, and like superheroes are overplayed or whatever. Well, guess what? That comic just saved that family's life. It did, literally did. And then, Superman, and then funny saved the, someone's life. The other article you pointed out, which I I had read, but I'm glad you you brought it up. Uh, that actually there was a psychology study from. Uh, it doesn't say where the researchers were from. Where? The Mayo Clinic, I think. No, they were not from the Mayo Clinic. Um, uh, mustard, mustard Clinic. Someone from the, uni- from the University of Massachusetts, Boston. Some sort of condiment, definitely. Mm. Um, Relish. I-, I don't think that it was from the University of Massachusetts, Boston, but a group of... Uh, a think tank. Th- yeah, a think tank. They're not even saying they're really psychologists cited here. Um, it doesn't say what Sharon Lamb spoke on behalf of the study, but it doesn't say, even though it was presented at the American Psychological Association convention this past Sunday, uh, it doesn't say what her, I guess she's a PhD, because I think I followed a, one link that told me I could call her, and I didn't realize that till later. I was gonna, Dude, we should have interviewed her on the air. Uh, I think I think I might send her a few questions, um, if she'll answer, I don't know. What's the article about? Uh, the, the headline was, Su- study, superheroes might not be such super role models. Now I read this with a, you know wearing a flash t-shirt so right there screw you lady. Um, 
So, uh, says even some of the nicer comic book heroes might not be so good for the kids. Um, and, and she's more focusing on like the movie movies. versions, right? Right. Yeah, because yeah, it does say uh, just modern day superheroes. The superheroes your parents watched and read many moons ago. Those guys were just fine. And then she lists a bunch, uh, some of them that your parents probably did read. If you're, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? So let's go. Uh, let me read some sections. I starred some. Um, Sharon Lamb from the University of Massachusetts Boston spoke on behalf of the study and explained today's superhero is too much like an action hero who participates in nonstop violence. He's aggressive, sarcastic, and rarely speaks to the virtue of doing good for humanity. When not in superhero costume, these men, like Iron Man, exploit women, flaunt bling, and can. Convey their manhood with high-powered guns. Wait a minute. A PhD used the term bling? Yes. Okay. Just, uh, just say Carry it. on. Iron Man, Lamb's example of a modern-day superhero, debuted in March of 1963 in issue number 39 of Tales of Suspense. In 1979, the Iron Man story went through an arc known as Demon in a Bottle, which portrayed Tony Stark... Iron Man's true identity, battle with alcoholism. That storyline was later loosely adapted into the two Iron Man movies. Now, would you like to refute that now, Rick? Yeah. Because I can see you about to explode, or do you want to Wrong. It was not at all Demon in the Bottle. It was the extremist virus, and the big difference is Tony does not suffer from alcoholism in the movies, or at least if he does, he has not acknowledged it. Instead, he was getting drunk because he was dying and wanted to have a little fun. He was dulling the pain. Yes. A lot of reason why people do become alcoholics, but um, but, but still, it was not. If you if you actually would read Demon in the Bottle, Stark lost his industry. He lost all his friends. He actually ended up in the gutter and had to rebuild from that. After well, it does say the storyline was later loosely adapted, which is a, a good loose. way of saying we're loosely playing with the facts rather loosely. Yeah, I think uh, you need to use a little more reference than just Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. There is a valid point within the research that young boys who don't have real-life role models may turn to their movie idols to compensate for their lack of guidance. Especially considering that a slew of these comic book demigods, Peter Parker as Spider-Man, the X-Men, are themselves considered outsiders in their personal lives. Uh, and I'm going to say, that's always been the appeal of comic book heroes. It's always the appeal of movies. Yes. Think of and any- Escape. Hey, yeah, go sit, watch that Woody Allen movie, The Purple Rose of Cairo, which sums it up so beautifully. Yeah. And- I just, I just love that movie, so I'll throw that in there. The problem is, of course, that real-life humans haven't been bitten by radioactive spiders or developed mutant powers. Batman's not a, a Well, that really guy. hurts me. As the researchers discovered, this leads to problems when movie marketing can take advantage of boys' need to forge their identity in adolescence and sell them a narrow version of masculinity. You was know, that audible? I think we're the, profiling the uh, the writer of this right now more than we are what she's talking about. Yeah, Lamb's research concluded that there are only two types of personalities that today's boys have the option to aspire to: the aforementioned superhero or the cracking wise slacker, or as most everyone else says, the wise cracking slacker. But I'm just, that's just splitting hairs. Uh, and it says what? No vampires. Which exactly, I'd say, what about all those boys who are looking up to Edward Cullen? Indeed. And I just vomited in my mouth. Okay, uh, so, doing her best to channel the character of John Bender's dad from The Breakfast Club, Lamb explains her findings about (laughs) on-screen slackers thusly. Boys are told, if you can't be a superhero, you can always be a slacker. Slackers are funny, but slackers are not what boys should strive to be. Slackers don't like school, and they shirk responsibility. Now, before I read the last sentence, any comments? Because you tried to be a superhero, and now you're pretty much a slacker, right? I'm now a supervillain. 
but oh, it's okay. okay. I think uh, it, there's so many uh, so many action adventure people that do not uh, care. I said people because I don't want to say men because there are also a whole genre of women in these roles. I mean, if you, you know, but the idea that oh, let's go James Bond, let's go Indiana Jones, well, those are the action let's heroes. Go, those are action heroes and. Guns? Uh, I, I, where's she getting hung up on uh, Tony Stark and guns? I mean, guns well, they did have, but they didn't the kill one. people. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he killed those terrorists. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Uh, but I you know what? Uh, if I can, uh, um, you said if we want to offer before you read. This. Yes. Um, my take on it is she totally leaves out the fact that yeah, these characters start off as kind of morally reprehensible people. Reprehensible or irreprehensible? Well, the, irreprehensible. Okay, but then what happens is is through the their story arc of finding out what it takes to be a superhero, they do value human life. They go to protect others. You know, they well, go especially to save in the people. Iron Man movie, Spider Man. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is personal that, sacrifice. You know, and, and and no matter what Tony Stark, you know, she's she's finding all the negatives, but it's like. Tony Stark is, you know, he's good to his assistant. He's got his best friend. You know, he's, you know, he uh, once he sees the error of his ways, he wants to shut down the, uh, the weapons production, the weapons production thing. So yep. it's like, you know, what it's it's called a story arc. You know what I mean? Like just because something's popular, it's still following a formula of you know of just a person kind of finding, you know, a lost person finding his way. So it's like what. How would you know? Well, how is that a bad I, and thing? And I want to throw out one other thing. If you're worried about um, young boys looking at these as role models, um, those movies are rated PG-13. And what it sound, and this comes back to all, every time I read something like this, getting upset about about boys and what they're going to do. It's like, and where is the mention of parent responsibility? Well, she said, though, without without proper role models. So I'm guessing that well, you're talking about ones without fathers or whatever, but. On, on the flip side of that, my one main argument with that, or my one main complaint with this complaint with this uh, article, was I actually had when I was teaching uh, last year or a couple years when Iron Man came out, I had some young students like fifth grade, so about nine or ten years old. Mm-hmm. We were talking about I was actually teaching a science lesson, and one of the kids got you know kind of inquisitive about the science lesson, and he came up to me and asked me some question. I kind of was shooing him back to class, and he's like, "Yeah, I want to be a scientist like Tony Stark." And then he kind of went back to class. And it was kind of one of those things where I was like, wow, so here, you know, Iron Man's actually inspiring someone to be, you know, not an an avenging, you know, vigilante. But, you know, one of the cool aspects of that movie is he's always on the computer. He's designing things. He's He's experimenting. He's an engineer. He's, you know what I mean? He's thinking things out. He's solving problems. And it's like, and if it was enough to get through that one kid, to inspire that one kid to go, I don't want to be a guy in an armor suit, but I want to be a scientist who makes cool stuff. So, I mean, yeah. So, uh, these movies can inspire in different ways. If you only look at the negative, then well, that's all you're going to pull one, out. One, of it. one person at this table does have uh, insight into a- adolescent boys because she has a younger brother. Uh, so, and who's not going to listen to the podcast. So, go ahead. What do you think, Stephanie? What do I think? Yeah. Um, I think it depends on, well, the boy who's watching, basically, I guess. And are girls not affected by this? They're not included in this article. But I know. But it sounds like they're not. Yeah. I don't know. But I also want to say one last thing. You know yeah. what? Researchers and parents groups and all these other leave our you know cool fiction alone because when I was a kid growing up, I had Transformers, I had GI Joe, I had He Man, I had all this cool stuff. Right. Well, the kids coming up now, when they go to like conventions and stuff, what do they have? 
Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles, and not, I don't talk about the cool Ninja Turtles from the comic. I'm talking about the pizza-eating cowabunga ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we so we like totally sissified a whole generation, and now everybody's coming back. They want G.I. Joe and Transformers and Thundercats and all the cool stuff we had. And it's like these. It's because all these parents groups said, "No, there's too much violence and there's too much studies." And well, take take it up a level too, because she's talking about superheroes, right? And she she's saying you're either you know, the the crazy action hero or the slacker, Tom Sawyer, unrepentant slacker of his of his age. Jason the Argonauts went uh, action hero raiding raiding through. I uh, mean, I'll, you'll, and, you'll take it a step further. Huckleberry Finn, as I said, it was exactly the same thing. Unrepentant slacker who does become. Yeah, he was actually. Right. Who does then? He's a racist. Right. And the point of that novel is he learns yep. the value of humanity. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me read the last sentence of her All quote, right. and this is the one that really irks me. We wonder if the messages boys get about saving face through glorified slacking could be affecting their performance in school. Which tells me that before this went out over the internet, it had a safe, nice, warm, dark place in her ass. I'm got it there. <laughs> That's where this report came from. That's what I feel like. It just came out of this woman's ass. Because how can you how can you scientifically reach a conclusion like this that says we wonder if it could? We. Yeah. And all that matters is everybody's now reading this headline going, what? I told you superheroes shouldn't be on the heels of last week a report came out from a university in Canada. I can't remember which one, so I just know it was a Canadian thing, where they discovered that reading comic books leads to, among boys, actually leads to them reading other literature and encouraging boys to read comic books, encourages them to become lifelong readers. Worked for me. Interestingly enough, flip side is that boys are more likely to increase in readership uh, from comics, and as the older they get, they, um, they actually, probably not that surprising, uh, fewer drop reading comic books, but girls do. Hmm. So a, a girls drop uh, the drop off rate of once they reach high school, girls stop reading comics books at a rate of about thirty percent more than boys do. So well, who wrote this? Uh, the study again? Do you know? Remember her name? What was it? Uh, the Sharon Lamb here. This one. Sharon Lamb. You just got pwned by a bunch of comic book readers. So there yes. you go. There you go. Well, you know, bunch of superhero fans. But, but I'd say again with the PG thirteen. If you're worried about the movie role models, there's another simple thing: is um, I don't let my son watch the Iron Man movies yet. He's, he's only enough. six. Yeah. He's not old enough. And yeah, but he's really not that cool either. So you no, don't know. You, <laughs> okay, you're right. Always if cool you, kids watch the PG thirteen movies, from the cracking wise slacker to my right. What? <laughs> yes. Okay, you're right. Long grew up on a steady diet of He Man. Which wasn't sissy at all. Um, I didn't... Well, not a steady diet. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. funny as a kid, even I kind of... When I saw that cartoon, I went, Oh, I don't know if I can like He-Man anymore. Because the figures were manly. And then, like, the show came on and, like... It was, I'm Adam. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Hi, everyone. With, I have a crazy little tiger. And he's like, Oh, Adam. Uh, and I felt... Cringer. Like, oh, I wow. I was like, I don't, I don't think I can watch this anymore. <laughs> So, my friend's going to kick my butt. Yes, uh, and uh, with an entire action figure line designed by Tom of Finland. So, um, Tom of Finland. Don't worry. Other people got it. That's oh, all okay. that matters. Uh, so, <laughs> Anything like Fredericks of Hollywood? A little. Okay. I'll explain later. All right. um, so let's move to movies since we're ta- we've been talking about it uh, officially. Uh, last weekend was Star Wars Celebration, mm-hmm. and the big news oh, out of oh, there. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
Last weekend was Star Wars Celebration, and the big news out of there was was this really a surprise when the Lucas Lucas Not announced that he was going to uh, do Lucas stood there saying, I'm going to stop keeping the blue the uh, movies Blu-ray. from going to Blu-ray yeah yes the controversy being of course is you can't see the movies as they were originally re- released no. it's still going to be the digital did you hear his reason why Oh, please tell me, Rick. His reason for not including the original versions of the movies were was because they couldn't be made; they wouldn't look as good as the ones that were made later, and so it wouldn't look good on Blu-ray. And they didn't want to spend the money to clean it up. That's bull. Did you buy that African Queen uh, release recently? That one from nineteen fifty-two from Blu-ray? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Casablanca on Blu-ray. Yeah, George. Yeah, I he because he's a guy who wants to puddle he around and, to, and rewrite his history. Yes, yeah. either that or he's just saving it for his kids after he dies, so that that way you know if they're smart, that's what they'll do. Yeah. So when when Lucas dies, they'll release the originals. Everybody will go wow, and then they'll go, "You're right, it doesn't look that good." And it's all just because Han shot first. Well, apparently on and and I haven't watched the DVDs, but in the DVD release, he re-edited it again so that Han and Greedo shoot at the same time. I saw that, which doesn't make it any better. It's, it's but so the big thing, and what Lon was referencing, and that may may or may not have made it into the podcast because of the verisimilitude with which just, he made I that was, sound. No, I was just <laughs> so, I was copying the guy in the video. I know uh, they really <laughs> revealed that there was a lost opening to Return of the Jedi, in which uh, Darth Vader. Uh, reached out across the galaxy with his mind. Yeah, but, a, he keep, my son. but he keeps doing. He does like annoying baby brother like f- use of the force, doesn't he? He's, he's like he what starts do you mean, baby like, brother. He's like, like Luke, Luke. Yeah, he, he sounds, my Luke. No, he just keeps going. Like, he said it like three or four times. Luke. He does sound kind of like he's depressed. Luke. And then and then Mark Hamill is seen uh, constructing his green lightsaber. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> And that is actually the sound of, of one of the viewers. The crowd cheer. It sounds think, like Double Rainbow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what does it mean? Um, and there, he's in, Luke is in a cave. And I thought a couple... And now there's a, there's a weird conspiracy theory about this. I don't know if you've heard this, which I, I is wacky. So. But anyway, he turns on the lightsaber. The crowd cheers because one of the videos... I think they did it... I think it got, got leaked on the net both ways. There's, a, if you will, a clean copy that is just the footage... And that there is a copy that someone shot from the floor of the celebration, and that's what Lon's referencing. If you watch, yeah. that it's clearly taken from from the movie screen, and the audience is reacting to it, and right. that's where the guy goes when Luke turns on the lightsaber. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, it wasn't just me doing it. Okay. No, okay, I had to I had to give you legitimacy because it's true. Um, so anyway, as as a beginning, I thought interesting that would have been more along a serious kind of oh you know some doubt because it's also shot with luke in the cloak and so he looks like the emperor he looks looks like the emperor yeah Yeah. and so here's was there ever in jedi any doubt that we thought luke was going to turn to the dark side no but if if the movie had begun that way and you didn't know you might think you might think but was there ever any doubt at the end of empire 
I don't know. Three years never, have passed. Like there was, I know, but there's there was never like I don't know. You never really saw Luke do anything evil to where you go. Well, the fact that he's I in don't black. Know. Yeah, and, yeah. I, I, and I do I remember. remember I do remember this time. from 1983 um, because my English teacher, who probably doesn't listen, listen to this, but Nick Ferentinos was like my my guru, uh, my journalism teacher, and he was a big Star Wars fan too. And um, when Return of the Jedi came out, that was the first movie I ever. St- Spent the night in line to watch. So my mom let me take the day off school, and I got to and I camped out in the parking lot of Cinema One Hundred and Fifty. Wow! And yeah, I was really disappointed because then. Can the we movie, talk about comics again, please? Then the movie Instead we saw was Return of the Jedi. Uh, and uh, anyway, uh, and and I can remember him being very shocked. Like the time it was either Time or Newsweek had been the first ones to run pictures back in those days when it wasn't the internet, mm-hmm, and yeah. like Time or Newsweek would get the exclusive. And I think it, was, it must have been Newsweek, and that Luke was in black, and he. He looks bad. And he was telling me, Nick came up to me and said, um, did you see this, that Luke is dressed like a Sith Lord? And I was like, I, I don't know. I, you know I, I don't Maybe want- that's all they had at the Ross, you know, on Ross Tatooine. You know yeah, what that I mean? May, like that may be. Just, well, the, the other thing was. Really? Was, you don't have a Jedi cloak? It, it was slimming. You don't no, have, I don't. I don't I'll, have one. All right, right, give you, me the Sith outfit. The first time you saw Empire Strikes Back and Luke gets his hand cut off mm-hmm. and then he falls off the thing, I thought, He's dead. He's killed him. Luke has killed the character. He's, you were older and more cynical. I was like, no, someone will save him somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Luke I has thought, killed him? I, I thought Lucas had written. I had, had yeah. decided that Luke was going to die at this point and that Han Solo was going to take over for the rest of the movies. Oh. That, that was going to be it. I mean, for you know, It didn't last. I mean, obviously, he, he makes it through the movie, but that was what I thought. And at, at the same time... When the the uh, Return of the Jedi opens up and you see Luke in the cloak and in the in the dark black leather and the and the black, but outfit. he's still coming to rescue his friends, though. I mean, but, but you don't know that if that's if that would if that had been the way the Return of the Jedi had opened, you yeah. wouldn't have known that's what was going on. It would have been much. I don't know, man. Much I, more I guess it's kind of weird because I can't. Go back because I was, you know, I can't go back to being a kid. Well, and, and you were younger hours. as well. Like, did you see right. Return of the Jedi when it f- was first released? Yeah, I saw it in the theaters as a as, as a, a kid. Yeah, you were probably yeah. like six. No, no, no. Eight. Return of the Jedi came out in what eighty five, eighty three. I would have been ten. Yeah, okay, ten. So, so was difference, and I was and I was seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. But you see, know? for me, it always like Empire ends with such that you know it's it's kind of that yeah we lost, but there's still hope. Yeah. So it's just, and then when the third one starts, you're just kind of like, what's the big deal? Now it would have been different if you show up, if if uh, Bausch shows up and Luke Skywalker sitting next to Jabba the Hutt. You know what I mean? Yeah. As his, you know, okay. then you go, whoa, what the hell is Luke doing here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Interesting. That's yeah. a different. It wasn't Bosch. That was Bosk. That was uh, no, Boba I said Fett. Bausch. That was Leia. And oh, Bausch, yes, yes. Because that's how oh, it starts. Oh, I've been Yes, yes, yeah. Bausch. Face. But anyway. We have that action figure. And uh, that was the other complaint. Gary Kurtz, the producer of the first two, came out and said that, you know, that's where we split because Return of the Jedi was all about the toys. I'm like, Gary, you're going to complain about this now? We all know. Yeah. It, it's that, That's not like, oh, uh, you've uncovered this huge controversy. We know that it's all about the toys now. We saw the first, the, the quote-unquote first trilogy. I don't know. The second one's... That one's a piece of art, though. Empire Strikes Back. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. The con- the conspiracy theory is that in an interview, like at Comic Con, somebody had gotten wind that there was this footage coming, and they asked Mark Hamill about it, and Mark Hamill said, "I don't remember shooting any such scene." So yeah. now everybody's convinced that Lucas put it together digitally, and it didn't exist <laughs> in 1983. <laughs> 
And I'm and I'm sorry, I don't think it's revealing anything. It's like, look, knowing Mark Hamill, I worked for him, and the guy's in his late 50s, early 60s. So what if he doesn't remember doing it? Doesn't mean he didn't do it. it 35 just, years ago. Is he, yeah. Or he's lying. Or Well, I mean, I, I think it's honest, you know. No, no, but if you knew that the thing was going to get released and somebody asked you that, you go, I don't re-. He probably goes up to people and goes, hey, are you Mark Hamill? He goes, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> no, he doesn't, actually. Uh-huh. You say, Mr. Hamill, you signed this? Yes. I mean, my experience... For $100? What he was, no, he was working on comic book, the movie. He grew a beard to be Alan Sw- uh, Donald Swan, the character he was in that movie, and it was this mockumentary shot at Comic Con, and so, and he grew the beard, convinced that that would mean that no one would recognize him, <laughs> and that he he told oh, I, I'm sure he doesn't listen to this, uh, but uh, that he told everybody on the crew, and because I was told this on, after day one, Donald Swan. keep calling him Donald Swan all weekend long. Don't blow the cover. He wanted to really do this as a legitimate mockumentary, and I think one of the reasons that he and I hit it off was I. He was introduced to me as Donald Swan, and I interviewed him as Donald Swan and made up things about his past. And he liked that. But as we were doing it, people would walk up and go, uh, Mr. Hamill, could you sign this? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway, what, you, you were asking what? And, and so he, it was... Uh, in Corvette summer. Yeah, you know, and so I just think... and. We had a conversation later where he said, well, people come up to him and talk about, like, the medical droid and all these different characters. And he goes, he's just, he's yeah, not right. that invested. And I've been to his house. He has a lot of Batman memorabilia, but the Star Wars stuff is all boxed up. It's not, yeah. that you know, that's not something but that's... When they did three films, right? And they probably shot tons of scenes that didn't make it into sure. the movies. And this is just footage that survived. I mean, there was probably a lot of scenes Well, I mean, that look at didn't. the whole Biggs and Luke yeah. scene that came out... 20 years afterward. I mean, yeah. dude, it's like movies. They shoot, they shoot a lot rolls of rolls and rolls yeah. and stuff, yeah. and you just, you know. And, and, it, you, and, and think about how how hard that guy partied over the years, too. I mean, you know, your well, memory I don't goes. Know. I don't know about fades. that, but I'm just saying. Well, oh, hey. dude, you, didn't you see him in that cantina scene? He, <laughs> man, I'm just Well, saying. I just know that, you know, like if Michael Goodson were here, um, and he doesn't remember what he did last week, and he's in his <laughs> mid-30s. Uh, you know, it's... I had a burrito. Uh, that Well, that's an easy one to, to say. So, um, yeah, I saw. So... Uh, <laughs> We're getting the hook. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, um, things we missed, Adam McKay announced that he is um, going... has signed to direct the adaptation of Garth Ennis' book, The Boys. Mm, the okay. one about the the team of government operatives whose job it is to take down. Still reading it. It's actually getting good again. It's getting, did it get bad? Well, I it, mean, it's been all, always been over the top in its violence. It it got kind of like almost too sexual, crazy nonsense, okay. and actually it gone back to more story. Okay, more character development. Okay. Um, and uh, leaked this week pictures of Tomari, which you said you guys saw at Comic Con. Yes, uh, from Green Lantern. Let's give that context. Mm-hmm. Tomari and the in the I believe it's the Zudarian Green Lantern. Uh, did they, did they not show um, what's his name? Kilowog. Kilowog. Um, I don't remember. I, I don't, no, I don't think so. He okay. wasn't there. No, because I think somebody asked the question: Is yeah. Kilowog in it? Right. And if they'd shown That's him, right. they showed him, they did ask that. They said yes. Wouldn't. So and then somebody called him a poozer. That would have been great. Um, who's, who's voicing Kilowog doing now? I don't know. I don't know. It was Michael Madsen in First Flight, wasn't it? And so hopefully somebody uh, like that would do Because he was a great Kilowog. Yeah. He really was. Um, and then uh, 
the Hollywood Reporter revealed that X Men First Class January Jones from Mad Men has been cast as Emma Frost. Now they've they talk about other other people. Miranda Frost was in the was supposed to have been it, and so who knows. But you saw those pictures this morning, and she looks really good. Well, they that? were from GQ, so I, I mean, don't know that they were yeah, legitimately... But uh, is Emma Frost going to be a villain, or... Don't know. We don't know anything there's about a what's lot going of, on. There's a lot of, yeah. We don't know anything that's going on. Um, and Joss Whedon confirmed that he did do script doctoring on Captain America to make it more in line with, with the Avengers. And the, some pictures did leak out from the set. Where they did reveal the one thing that most people really hated about the Captain America thing was that he's on a uh, that there's a USO stage there, so he yeah. may have been doing the song against them. Although you know, let's just wait and see. It may make mm-hmm. sense in context. That's fine. I don't know. When I saw it, I died a little bit. So. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Um, which does mean I was going to talk about Lon Lopez Kiss of Death when Lon Lopez does a really great interview of a cast of a good movie at Tanks, but you know we've been there. Yeah, it's sad. Let's just suffice to say we all loved Scott Pilgrim. Um, you should too. Go out and see it and go out and, and see it. Your let's let's give it like a crazy second, third week. That would be amazing. Revival. If, if, if word tell of your friends, go see it yeah. twice. It's an awesome film. You know, it's yeah. breaking genres it's and grounds, fun. and yeah. it's it fun. is very fun. It's mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. What are you doing? Stop <clears throat> listening to this and go see it. Now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. On a big screen. It's a it's a it's a movie that requires a big screen. It's fun. Although I'm looking forward to the Blu-ray or DVD and eventually being able to like freeze frame through a lot of that stuff to see what's really going on. If you liked it, go see it again so that way we tell Hollywood what kind of movies we want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think we may table just cuz we're running out of time here to talk about True Blood cuz I have a feeling next week will get even crazier than True Blood got like this three week. Episodes and left. now the weather. Yes, that's all we'll say. Uh, I missed this at Comic Con. An announcement from Jeff Johns that that Warner Brothers Interactive, which has bought a whole bunch of uh, Telltale, uh, Telltale Studios, uh, who did the um, no no Snowblind Studios that did the Justice League video game, Rocksteady that did Batman Arkham Asylum, uh, they're working on a Suicide Squad video game. Um, so I missed that announcement. I thought that's you I know, know characters that. like Deadshot and Captain wait Boomerang. Wait a minute, wait a minute. A video game with the Suicide Squad? Yes. But if you can like start over, how is it like <laughs> Suicide Squad? Shh. Each oh. one that you can only use each character once. That would make sense. Okay. And well, that's the case. At the end, you just have no one to fight. That would be with. good. Um, and I just got an email uh, announcing that Batman Beyond is coming, complete a complete DVD collection, uh, with, I believe, a limited uh, edition uh, Saracel, uh, on November 23rd. So that's going to be a great Christmas present. I just want to yep. throw that out there. And... And how did, that got wrapped up in the just JLA? In Justice League Unlimited, yeah. Okay. So, uh, which is already there is already those. a complete set, yeah. Um, but I, I recently watched the first season, and it's just a great show. Yeah, it is a great show. So, um, well, that's it. If you got any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, suggestions of where we might show up next, please write into editor at fanboyplanet.com <laughs> or sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com. And don't forget our name, the Fanboy Absolutely. Planet Audience Contest. That contest is still open until the end of August. In the meantime, and beyond that, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. I'm Lon Lopez, a fanboy without a home. I'm Stephanie Rodriguez. And I'm Rick Brettsnyder, reminding you to... Use your powers only for good.
Don't touch my hardware. <laughs> and thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. Awesome video interview. The movie. Tanks. I did like it. I thought it was. I liked the movie. I thought the movie was awesome. But I, I, I meant I liked your interview. So. Uh. Well, I did too. But apparently, more people watch that than Scott Pilgrim. So. If you're gonna <sighs> turn Place towards him hurt. when you talk, you need to put the microphone between the. Two. I'm not. Okay. I hate him. Okay. Well, right back at you, fella. What? You heard me. You can't have. Oh, You've that's had fine. sex with a woman who's had sex with a man. Who's had sex with a man? Isn't that... They can't even test to determine if you're safe to give blood. What if I've had sex with a Haitian woman? Does that... No. Only if she's had sex with a monkey. Oh, okay. Monkeys are okay. What if I've actually no, had sex with an awesome. Ebola virus? HIV came from the monkeys. What? Mickey Dolans. Yes. Davy Jones Davey started... Davy Jones. Mike Nesmith, why you wear the wool cap? Octopuses are okay, I suppose. They give great, great hand jobs. They have no hands. Tentacle jobs, they're all right. We call them T-jobs. TJs. Yeah. And they give you a little T-J's. tickle behind. TJ. <laughs> TJ. And, and if they take money, they're a TJ hooker. Oh, I, I, I've got to get... That was... That was bad. I know, but if you hadn't said it, you would have. You would have ten seconds no, later. No, I wouldn't have gone there. Oh, please. No, a TJ Hooker. No, for Rick it was good. For oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, thanks. That's what we said. That's what we just. You just missed the party, Anna. Yeah, you just missed TJ Hooker. That's if they take. Don't money. worry, we sent you the invitation. That in the was mail. all Rick. Okay. <laughs> I gave you credit. Thanks. So we have the letter, um, the the oh. the entry in the thing. Um, I just noticed that Marvel has started this event, or is going to be starting this event called Chaos War, which is basically Brightest Day, in which several dead characters, including Ares, who was just killed, are coming back from the dead. Oh, it's about time. Yeah. All the the Ares fans. So there'll be a big resurrection. Yeah. You'd be surprised, though. Um, I have Ares artwork, like, you know, preview pages that Marvel sent that is still kind of live on the site. And that's one of the top things that people are looking for on Google. Really? And, like, so the stats tracker is saying, I, I get, like, 20 hits a day on that. And that is bizarre to me. That is bizarre. Because the miniseries was, like, three years ago? Four years ago? Um, so I kind I caught up today on One Moment in Time. Uh, and I know the, the, and I'm annoyed. Uh, of course I am. Uh, just breaking news at 4 o'clock. Um, in, the late, in this one shot... Of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the Riley one shot. It's a one shot, isn't it? It's, 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 it's Riley, uh, it, but it, it, I guess the story is a standalone. It's an interruption talking about what's been going on with Riley. Oh, okay. Um, like they did the Willow one, yeah. and uh, they mentioned in the editorial page that in 2011, 
They Get Angel, which apparently was news to IDW. So, <laughs> again, <laughs> so. I we, you'd already reported on that. No, 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 no. They get the rights to publish an Angel book, which IDW had the rights to publish. And in fact, our friend David Tishman was going to write Angel starting in November. And I, I read this story somewhere. This this was in like Comic Shop News or something a little while ago, I think. Well, there was the whole what thing about Angel showing up. Angel in has Buffy. shown up in Buffy, and that was a surprise. That was a surprise IDW. to IDW as well. Oh, no, I'm thinking of something else. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the fandom. That's what I'm thinking. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a war over who's got the rights. Yeah, because Moonstone didn't publish and uh, didn't get a non-exclusive contract. Uh, so Dynamite has a Phantom book. Um, uh, so the Chaos War is also bringing back the dead members of Alpha Flight. So North Star is going to be returning. That should be good. North Star's dead. And I don't know. Again? Yeah, he's just gay. Um, you have to give blood. Oh, he can't give blood. Mm. Um, well, I think it's if you're dead, he can't give blood. Right. Ex Machina ends this week. Number 50 came out. And That's so still. Ex Machina is over. Okay. Yeah. Good. I just, just didn't acknowledge, like when you had Why the Last Man. No, no, no. A good book gotta, is ending. You know? I'm going to save this for the cast. Right. Uh, I just got a review copy of Bone Tall Tales, which actually has new stories in it, which I didn't realize it was going to. Is that a prequel or a. No, it is a sequel. That's it is uh, Smiley Bone. It is, it's both. It's Smiley Bone. <laughs> With the Bone Scouts on a camping trip, and he's telling tall tales around the campfire, including the stupid, stupid rat tales that were that was published, which was a prequel. Okay, and then so other tall, you know, tall tales and legends about uh, about the early days of the Bone culture. Um, and then we thought I thought I'd go into the superhero boys <coughs> study, uh, or maybe we should do the Superman saves the family thing that that's, that that action oh, comics fi- finding thing. Uh, then do the superhero boys study, have that serious conversation. Then just the little movie thing is that you know the Tomar Re, which you had seen, uh-huh. that leaked out, and bzzzed, the insect, um, I guess the Zudarian Green Lantern also was was leaked. Did so you what do you think about? Did you see the Tomar Re? Yeah. What did you think? Uh, a little creepy, but you know that's. I haven't seen either of those. It looked they, real enough that it made they got it pulled. Oh. So it, they. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they got pulled really fast. Apparently, the Kilowog is absolutely cease and desist, but there's still you can still find images of uh, and um, and Tomari. Uh, January Jones, Hollywood Reporter reported that one, so that's going to be Adam real. McKay is directing the boys. But the boys, yeah, we should mention that. Yeah, I never read that, so I, don't know. I just thought that's interesting because he's a total comedy guy. But the boys is funny. It is funny. But it, but isn't it, it action too, though. Or it no? is. Yeah. I wonder how he's going to handle action. Okay. Well, and did you so see? Did you see the other guys? I did not. Yeah, he's he's actually pretty good. Okay. Um, cool. There it is. Name the fanboy audience. They leaked. Uh, so there's images of Cap- the Captain America set. Oh, I saw that. And uh, Joss Whedon did confirm he script doctored Captain America, so that it would be more in line with the Avengers. Uh, now a new feature: Lon Lopez kiss of death. <laughs> and I don't know if I like it's that, Black Kiss okay. of Death. It's a uh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. You don't know Black Kiss. Uh, I knew where he was going. It's an old. It's a Howard Chaykin miniseries about um, transsexual vampires. Oh, uh, I thought it was like the uh, African American version no. of the rock band. No, just no. trust me. Okay. Just trust me. Yeah. Um, you don't find out to the end. And then I got a thing just to say now. Star saving pennies. Batman Beyond, the complete DVD set, will be coming out November twenty third. Uh, I'm not going to mention James. Did you get the some press release for Zombies versus Ninjas? I did in the mail. Yeah, 
Yeah. I don't know. So I'll contact him later. I've got it in the back of my car. Uh, and I and I somehow I missed this at Comic-Con, but apparently Jeff Johns announced that they're working on a Suicide Squad video game. I could see that as like a fighting game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but... It, it, yeah, I got a great joke for that. All right, let's okay. go. Um, and that's all I got. Anything else? You guys? Uh, was there any other movie stuff? I guess not. I skipped everything. I mean, Vampire Suck opens today, and I was like, well, uh, you know, I couldn't. They begged me. They actually emailed me specifically. Will you come and cover this? We're doing, like, goths are going to come to see it in San Francisco on Tuesday night, and the studio really wants to check it. And I'm like, what self-respecting uh <laughs> press person who knows who made this movie is going to who made it the guys that did disaster movie oh, and epic yeah. movie and i mean come on didn't you go with me to that to see disaster Unfortunately, movie yeah you you made me pay for epic movie and but that was fun actually i thought epic movie was funny no it was bad but we had fun because we took that broad <laughs> i thought it was funny and and disaster movie was that was about the unfunny. Well, you know, I'll say there were two moments in disaster movie that did make me laugh, but really in eighty minutes, mm-hmm. I got to laugh more than twice in a supposed madcap farce. Ken Jong's in this one, though. I know. Which Epic means movie his career is over. That, that oh. did uh, Chronicles of Narnia. Yes. And, okay. And Superman randomly and yeah. yeah threw in a lot of crap. Pirates and Willy Wonka or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Is bizarre. Crispin Glover as as Willy Wonka. Movie. That was that scene disturbing. <laughs> okay, in a sick way. So Want yeah, talk like True Blood or anything. Oh yeah, I was oh, going to say True Blood. blood. Oh my <laughs> god. Okay, let's talk a little True Blood. And now the weather. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was so glad I caught up with that last night. That was awesome. I, I, for a second else. there, I, I I had not been watching the TV. 100 percent yeah and when i looked over I'm going, what's that in his hand what's he holding did you rewind it oh. <laughs> <laughs> i finally put it together yeah talk about wow i i feel like that's like the the star making role for that guy i mean he's been knocking around forever yeah in nothing and i was did like you see how uh i think it was on facebook there was a the true blood thing would put now you can carry around Talbot too. Did you see that? There's a, there's a T-shirt with the little vase or whatever on it, like oh Talbot or something. Uh, I, like lists his. I didn't even though. notice. I didn't even notice that he. Uh, yeah, he candy dish. I didn't even notice that he turned the candy dish to, to when he said, "Look at them," and he turned it. <laughs> Talbot, I shall get my revenge. And I was like, oh. that was awesome. It was interesting. So, and actually, I think. They're on the cover, the next one. Of Rolling Stone. Stone. Have you seen the cover? Yeah. They're, I saw it like this big. Oh, oh my. Yeah. <laughs> They're all naked, though. I saw oh, they yeah. are. It's Janet Jackson all over again, too, because his hands are all, all, all over her. It's all okay. over They're, her sookies? They're engaged. Yeah. Oh, okay. They are engaged? Yes. He, okay. His hands are all over sookies, cookies. Yeah. I just said her sookies. I know. Okay. And they're all blood the splattered. Be and somewhere else. It's there, too. Oh. There's a it? hand there. Huh? What? Whose hand? <laughs> That'd be awesome if they had like everybody's hands and then just an extra hand, to, like throw everybody <laughs> off. That'd be awesome. That's why that. you need to be a fashion photographer. All right, I should so that's with Photoshop. Actually, I am. Okay, don't put that in the outtakes, please don't. I'm going to be editing these heavily. You're recording? Yeah. Oh, oh, my headphones have been down the whole time. <laughs> I didn't think we were recording any of this. That's good though, because we said some good stuff. Yeah. You want to check levels while he's gone? I've been doing that. 
You know what's funny? You should be on the same mic you were on last week. Hello, hello. One side. This this side sounds better than this side. It's like you should it's still there. Coming in. Am I panned? There you we go. Are, you were. Wow. Okay. I got good ears, man. I got I good ears. Panned headphones. all the way over. It'd be if you didn't. If you couldn't tell, you. Hello. Hello. Stephanie talked because you weren't on. Hello. Hi. Talk probably have to lower that? that thing. <laughs> I don't think it can. Test, test. Okay. Does Let's it lower the gain up so. quite a bit on her? Okay, turn now. Yeah, but she's fine. There you go. Oh. Okay. Then my mouth was like there you go. that That's, close. Yeah, because you talk quiet, so if we can hear you at all. It's good. Mm, I stay inside all day. That's why. <laughs> you stay inside. <laughs> no one talks to me. Rapunzel. I don't like the commercials for those. For what? For Rapunzel. I don't know. Oh, well, there's a movie. It's an old story. I know, I know. But um, they're making a movie. Oh, but they, they changed the name to Tangled, so it would be more accessible to boys. And then the trailers feature the prince who's rescuing her. Is it live action? Or no, it's... What? Tangled? Oh, yeah, the new yeah. Rapunzel. Never yeah. even heard of that. I haven't heard Wow, of I really have been under a rock. Yeah. Well, I actually think we talked about it on the podcast because they changed the name. It was Rapunzel, and they called it Tangled because they discovered that only the United States and Germany did people know what Rapunzel was. Oh, really? So that was kind of odd that it's a fairy the U.S. Tale. and Germany. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's a German fairy tale, but it, is. it just didn't really pass. And they didn't get it in Britain? or And I, and I don't know. I mentioned it. I guess not. Was it Rapunzel not, Hans Christian Andersen or no? I don't think No, Grimm's Fairy Tales. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're by German, yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I know, I know we talked about it because I said, because uh, I mentioned that's why my writing partner Joe was laid off from Disney. They finished Tangled. They got all their work done, and Disney said, we got nothing on the hopper, and they had, like, half. Anybody that worked there over 12 years, they got rid of. Huh. Because hmm. they were expensive, and they had nothing much for them to do. So, it's okay. Joe's up at... Hollywood. Yeah, Joe's up at Lucasfilm working on a super secret project there. Hollywood. So I had I had lunch on Sunday with uh, with some guys from Lucas. It was interesting. Awesome. The ones that weren't at Celebration. Lucas, that movie. Yeah. The ones that weren't yes. at the Star Wars thing. Yeah. Oh, did you want yeah. to talk about that? Or no, we talked oh, we about that last week. Did we we? talk about the uh, the new footage that they showed? We oh, we could talk about that. The, yeah. The lost footage. Yeah. And why they cheered at the end. <laughs> Let's not recreate that discussion. <laughs> just can't believe that one guy he just blew his load he's like, <laughs> well, no, just all, oh, oh. I know, that's why you I had to respond that way to it this is why I couldn't get it was that you no, no. okay are we ready um, I'm do you have an opening surprisingly quiet right now sure yeah. whatever let's do it you ready yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> 